Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. And every Friday, you'll be joined by Max, Rakesh, Anthony, and some of our friends who are the leading voices in the investment space today as they geek out on some of the most interesting companies out there in the stock market. Once again, if you want to be super geeky and purely investment focused, do follow our other podcast feed, TFC Investors Network. All you'll need to do is to search on your favourite podcast platform, TFC Investors Network. For now, let's geek out. Hey Coconuts, welcome to TFC Stock Geek Out. I'm your host Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and you must be wondering, hey, what is Reggie doing on this show? <laughs> the reality is we've been going through a lot of changes and development. We have launched our YouTube channel again, so yes, please check out our YouTube channel if you're one of those people that really enjoy watching videos. We have um, a, a, a better repertoire today. So yes, follow our our YouTube channel TFC The Financial Coconut. Okay, search The Financial Coconut, like, share, subscribe, give that like button, all of that. And for today, I'm gonna dig out an old episode. Okay, not that old, but importantly old, right? So on Geek Out, we have covered a lot of different stocks, and this one stock has just been collapsing like free fall over the past months. So we're going to talk a little bit about Meta again with Chris Susanto, a regular on our show, uh, to kind of listen to what he has to share again and re-evaluate. Did what he shared really kind of work? Or is there some things that we are forgetting? So yeah, I hope today's episode will help you kind of reshape some of your ideas, especially when I know a lot of people own Meta or Facebook, right? Or Facebook in the past. So yes, welcome to TFC Stock Geek Out. Hey Coconuts, today in TFC Stock Geek Out, we're going to explore a company that has faced a lot of stick in the past few years with the Department of Justice in the US, that they had to change their name. They even have had a pivot in their company strategy of late, but their vision, as mentioned by them, still remains the same. Are they still innovating? And if so, do we see this company as a value stock for us to be investing in? Meta has been the center of the news always, but how much do we actually understand about their pivot or even their strategy moving forward? Joining me today to geek out on this mega tech company is Chris Susanto, a founder of RethinkWealth.com, someone that holds closely this idea of margin of safety, but actively is looking for interesting companies to acquire. He's also a wealth and investment coach that teaches students how to make their own decisions instead of telling you what to buy. For reference sake, this episode was recorded on the 22nd of February, 2022 and released to our community members. Our discussion today is solely for education and entertainment purposes. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendations. Thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. Let's geek out. Hey Coconuts, welcome back to Stock Geek Out on Fridays. Hope you had a good week. And for today, we have a great speaker with us. We have Chris. Hey Chris, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Rakesh? Yeah, not, not too bad, mate. Uh, Chris, for our listeners out there in Coconuts, right? he's the founder of re-thinkwealth.com. Let me repeat that. <laughs> Re, and then you put the dash in, thinkwealth.com, which is actually his blog. So I think it's good to, to go in. It's all about investing. And he's also a regular speaker at Money 89.3 FM, right? And he's actually done various platforms and spoken over across various platforms like CIMB, 
Seedly, and, and many more. He also actually does a wealth and investment coaching to students, right? And, and I think your objective here, Chris, is for the students to learn how to fish as opposed to just getting the fish. Is that right? Yes, that's absolutely right. Because uh, that's more sustainable by learning how to fish. That means that understanding really on our own, how to analyze companies, how to value them and making decisions on our own instead of getting stock tips which is dangerous and not sustainable over the long run. And today, hopefully, we can do a little bit of that teaching of how to fish with a company called Meta. Well, I think we all know the company. <laughs> uh, Chris, have you been you know, following Meta for the past couple of years? Um, but what are your thoughts there? Yeah, uh, I've been invested in Facebook for a couple of years right now. So, of course, uh, as we all know, Facebook have changed their name to Meta, right? And Meta, because yep. it was Facebook, is still is the largest social network in the whole world with nearly 3 billion monthly active users. And along with those mm. users, they generate valuable data. And of course, those data are also the sources of some headwinds that we are seeing today with regards to privacy issues, so on and so forth. And, and I'm sure we're going to be touching on that, right? Firstly, why they transitioned. Uh, and I think you will take us through a little bit on the social aspects of things and, and all the legal issues that they've been facing with the, uh, thing the DOJ, wasn't it? Over the past two years, at least. Uh, but why mm. don't we start off with, with the financials, right? You talked about 3 billion um, users on Facebook. Is this across Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp? Their active users are a lot. Mm. In fact, right now, if you look at their earnings statement and you look at their a quarterly earnings presentation, the daily active users for Facebook actually decrease, right? Mm. But in fact, their monthly active users increase. So that means that people are not using Facebook on a daily basis. Every day. But in fact, there are actually more people who are using Facebook on a monthly basis. And in fact, if you think about it, I mean, I invested in Facebook. Of course, mm. I would be positively biased towards Meta. But if you think about it, that ain't so bad, right? Because you are not seeing a huge, massive drop in the users. People are still using Facebook. And in my view, if I look at all my friends, mm. they are still using Instagram and they are still using WhatsApp. And I'm sure you do too, right? Yes, absolutely. So um, I have to say I'm on uh, Instagram a lot more than I am on Facebook, right? Uh, just as, as me, as a person. I do know like a lot of friends of mine actually that don't even go into Facebook. They've actually like sort of cancelled their account and, and sort of deactivated their account. I think that's the uh, actual term. But they're still in the Facebook family. Mm -hmm. They're still on Instagram. They're still on WhatsApp. I don't think that's, that's going away, right? So to come back, right? So since you said the daily decrease and the monthly increased, do you think that stock drop was an exaggeration? So that means it was excessive stock drop. You didn't you expected a bit of a stock drop, but not that much? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things, right? So of course, the first thing is really the drop in the Facebook daily active users. And also another thing mm. that I think like people are shocked about is the capital expenditures moving forward. Because in 2020, Meta spent about $15.7 for capital expenditures. And in 2021, they spent about 19.244 billion for their capex. And what Meta is saying is that they are aiming to spend a lot more for their virtual reality spending in the years to come. Mm. So that means that 
the segment that are not earning much money is going to be the segment that Facebook is going to invest a lot of money in. And that is also happening with the headwind of the Apple iOS privacy issue, where like Facebook is basically saying that the impact of iOS overall as a headwind in their business in 2022 is around $10 billion. So that means that, okay, so there's a $10 billion of headwind losses based on the coming, Apple privacy changes. <laughs> and yes, yes. And also, they are also spending maybe about $10 billion in the Reality Labs division, mm-hmm. right? And basically, Facebook Reality Labs division is right now just a minor percentage of their earnings, if any. In fact, their Reality Labs operating losses for the year is close yeah. to also around $10 billion. Wow. Okay. Just for Reality Labs operating losses. Wow. Yeah, so they are hit from various parts and they are still making money on advertising, but that even that core advertising business is hit by Facebook iOS changes. And also, uh, Rakesh, if you've seen the latest news on mm. Google, Google is also introducing privacy changes on Android. So that means that Google Android is trying to include like a sort of like privacy sandbox which uh, which allows them to introduce more private advertising solutions. But ultimately, these features will limit the user data shared with third-party platforms such as Facebook. Mm. So Rakesh, is, uh, there's a couple of things mm. here. That means that their advertising business, which is the bulk of their revenue, as of quarter 4, 2021, is around $32.639 billion of their revenue out of $33.67 billion is advertising. Wow. That's what? N- so 90, almost 98%. Wow, that's insane. So that's how Facebook makes money, right? Facebook ads. Yes, Facebook makes money through the Facebook mm. ads. They're generating losses in the reality labs and they are hit badly by Apple and Android. And basically their stock price took a huge hit right? Yes. I think it fell uh, from a high of like around 280 earlier in September last year to right. right now around 206. A pre-market, I'm looking at about 202 as of 22nd February 2022, right? So there's a huge hit and there's a drop of close to 50%. But is it justified? That's a question. And I think it really depends, right? Your conviction level with regards to Meta's ability to innovate and prove the naysayer wrong. So I think what Facebook has here is still a very valuable trove of data and a very valuable uh, reach in terms of globally. They still have uh, 3 billion plus users in their various platform. For me, I think the management will work around these issues. They will continue to innovate right, and hopefully recover. Because from the past, we know that companies like Friendsters, the mm. old social media company, they die out. Why? Because they don't innovate, right? They don't move with the changes in like people's way of connecting. So if you look at Meta Platform website right now, they mentioned that connection is evolving and so are we. So Meta's focus is to bring the metaverse to life. So that is their company's vision. Gotcha. And they think that it's the next evolution of social connection. Got it. So then to, to clarify, right, before we get into the company direction change and then all of that, that I, I love to touch on and I think is, is the bulk of our conversation today. If I can summarize just very quickly, Facebook was making money on ads. 
they have also had a massive amount of, of course, increase and monopoly with regards to social media, right? They're the guys that started the social media sites, right? Okay, you can say it's Friendster and so on, but yeah. they took it to a whole new level. Let's, let's be honest, right? Yeah. And right now with all the privacy stuff going on, we haven't even talked about the DOJ, right? With all the privacy stuff going on with just Apple and, and Google moving forward, they know that they're going to reduce their chunk of revenue. And their chunk of revenue comes from ads, so just by staying status quo and doing what they're doing, they're still going to have a decrease in revenue with regards to the Google privacy and, and iOS privacy. And since you mentioned that Google privacy is for third-party apps, Google ads don't really, <laughs> don't really come into contention in that regard. Uh, would, you, would you say that as a good mm. summary and, and a talking point, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I think you sum it up pretty well. Basically, in summary, they are hit from all sides with regards to their core advertising business. And mm. at the same time, they're still investing billions and billions of dollars into something that is not mainstream now. If you, if you take the, the way that, that I summarized it, they were going to lose anyways. They were going to lose in the ad space or they think that they're going to lose in the ad space because Google's revenue and ads mm. have been increasing. I think they got like 50% more ads uh, than, than Facebook in Q4, if I'm not mistaken, right? And they're not as affected Mm. with Apple's privacy issues as, as much as Facebook has. So Facebook already know that they are not going after this. Instead, let's do something else because we have to innovate. If not, we're going to lose. From our conversation, yes. that's the way that I, that I take it. And the way that we're going to move towards yes. is to increase social campaigns and social interactions through, in this case, the metaverse. Yes. However, I feel that at this point in time, it is still a venture that it's mm. still very far away because I think Meta themselves also said that this investment is not based on just like one, two or three year kind of thing where you can see results. If I'm not wrong, they say it's up to like 10 years. So wow. I would say that for investors of Facebook, like even for me, the reason why I would want to invest in Facebook is still ultimately their core advertising business. Because if I say that it's it's not the core advertising business, it's a metaverse, then what I'm saying yes. is that it's still a dream, right? It's still something that's not happening yet. So in other words, is your timeline very, very long? Yeah. So then you can't even quantify it. So why put the money in now? It's effectively what you're trying to say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if anyone wants to invest in Facebook, for me, I feel, okay, look at the core advertising business. What's my view of it? And based on this, what do I value Meta at? And the Metaverse, if it happens or it doesn't happen, so be it, right? It's like an option. It's like an option, yeah. <laughs> bonus, bonus. <laughs> yeah, bonus. It's um, like a bonus, yeah. But, but here's a question for that, right? We just established that they were going to lose out in the ad space because of all these privacy issues popping up. So why would you put your money in now if you know that the ad revenue could be decreasing marginally, right? So it'd be a negative marginal. It's a question on whether the current price offers margin of safety with mm. regards to where we see meta earnings, free cash flow will be at maybe 10 years down the road. So that means that even though we see that the revenue might decrease, but in fact, uh, they are still guiding revenue to increase, you know, for the next year. Okay. So that means that the revenue is still likely going to increase. And by the way, they are still a free cash flow generative machine. Because in fact, despite all the bad news, mm. uh, based on the latest quarter four 2021 results, their free cash flow in the quarter is at 
$12.562 billion. Right. It might be the highest ever quarter of free cash flow generating for Facebook. Wow. And then, which is amazing. And in that case, then you yeah. said you mentioned $10 million in, in headwinds coming through, right? $10 billion. Oh, 10 bi- okay. That is, no, $10 that billion. is then a quite a big significant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but $10 billion hit in revenue, right? So if you are talking about their revenue, their revenue for the year mm. is estimated to be hit by $10 billion in 2022. But in 2021, their revenue is around close to $95 billion. That's the revenue. So just now when I say uh, the $12 billion, it was the free cash flow. That's so that great. means that the operating cash flow minus capex here. Yeah. That's great. And I mean, at the same time, right, I think in, in the Q4 earnings that, that we just heard with Mark, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I thought, I'm talking to him as though I know him, but no, I don't. <laughs> uh, with, with Mark Zuckerberg, right? He also talked a bit about reels, right? Um, why don't you enlighten us a little bit on this? Is this to, to fix the daily active users or what, what's the angle there? Well, so the problem with like Facebook now, right, is really... The idea of they are hit from many sites mm. with regards to Apple, Android, etc. Uh, and also TikTok. So let's talk a bit about TikTok because TikTok is what makes Facebook, what makes Meta, what makes uh, Instagram have to come up with reels. Because TikTok is growing very quickly. Mm. As the seriousness of how TikTok is growing and how people behavior are switching more towards consuming short videos like TikTok, Meta, in fact, has seven major investment priorities for 2022. So the first one is Reels. The second is community messaging. The third is commerce. Fourth is advertising. Fifth is privacy. Sixth is AI. And of course, the seventh is Metaverse. So these are the areas that they are putting a lot of talent and budget towards. So Reels is very important because Meta want to make sure that Instagram can be a good and the best services out there for young adults. So in fact, this transition to Reels is actually uh, not as well monetized as Newsfeed. So that means that Newsfeed, etc. allows uh, Meta to make more money, but they mm. need to transition to Reels anyway, because ultimately Mark Zuckerberg and Meta knows that their continued success relies on building new products that people find valuable mm. and enjoy using. So that means that in this competitive marketplace, they need to innovate along with the user's behavior. And that's where Reels come in and it's already their fastest growing content format by far. And it is already the biggest contributor to engagement growth on Instagram and it's growing very quickly oh, on Facebook okay. as well. Got it. So in other words, they're creating Reels it's as a reactive measure. Right, um, because TikTok has been booming like crazy. So let's put in this because the consumer loves it and, and let's keep it within our ecosystem. So let's spend the money on, on Reels. And in your case, or it, what you've just mentioned is that it's been growing quite a fair bit. Yes. Got yes. it. Now, you mentioned the seven key areas, right? Uh, but why don't we touch on like two or three that you think is very, very important for them or in terms of their priority, right? So as... I think as we talked about Reels, from what I understand, is one of their big priorities of 2022. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yep. maybe what's the, what's another one that they're focusing on? Is it ads or is it messaging uh, or is it privacy? So community messaging is also very important to them because they want their family of apps to be a place where people talk to each other 
And in fact, uh, if you think about it, community messaging yeah. might be where Meta is differentiated. Because if you think about it, TikTok don't really have much community messaging engagement. And uh, because Facebook already has the economies of scale and the reach of three plus billion people who are able to do messaging, right? Through Facebook Messenger, through WhatsApp, even through Instagram, that also promote to their competitive advantage of stickiness. I know then just some platform that, you know, you look at content and this will also uh, help in terms of the daily usage because when you text people, you usually like do it quite often. And also this is also linked to their next area of investment priority, which is commerce, right? Because if you're able to share about your business in their family of apps, and then you can link straight to WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, and then you buy it, and then you are able to pay in the apps itself, then that will make it more convenient. And I think that's where Facebook strength is, and I'm glad that they put it as one of their major investment priorities for 2022. Yeah, that stickiness is definitely one of the edge that they have, right, to go across the different platforms and, and all of that. And with community messaging, I think that's definitely one of the niches, as you mentioned, right, Chris. It's the fact that they're able to create, you know, a community on Facebook and get everybody on there, send some photos, uh, and, and sort of be that one place for them, right? So effectively, if I, if I and I do, I have a cycle group. We instead of WhatsApp, oh, actually, WhatsApp is a very good area that we create a group chat, or if you want pictures and everything, we create a Facebook group and we sort of create that, right? And that would make me go back to WhatsApp. That would make me go back to Facebook to see the latest photos that, you know, the team has posted. What is your take on that? Is that part of that stickiness factor as well? Definitely, because ultimately people will want to go back to a platform where they feel like it's interesting to them and they find value in. And in terms of uh, the company messaging, of course, that's a huge value add. And that also comes from a network effect. Because the more people is in the company mm. messaging, like WhatsApp or like Facebook Messenger, the more people will come in because that's where all their friends are. And just now, Arakesh, you mentioned something along the line of the interest groups on Facebook, right? Because I myself join a watch interest group on Facebook. I like brands like Grand Seiko, Pate, etc. And I think, uh, nice. I think Facebook has done a great job in terms of really being able to shift the focus, right? I think probably it was for two years back that they shifted the focus to groups. To groups, that means that in our newsfeed, mm. instead of just like looking at ourselves, but really it's about the groups, it's about the content in the groups. And I think that's very interesting. And that again, promote to the stickiness. Awesome. Um, and, you know, I think we talked a bit about the metaverse right at the start. But is there anything else you want to add there? I know it's still quite early <laughs> in that space, but they're definitely not the first ones to create the metaverse, right? Isn't there a up-and-coming metaverse by Decentraland or something like this already? <laughs> I think that metaverse is still... Okay, okay. Before we talk about that, we have to look back into Meta's vision, right? So their vision is to bring the metaverse to life. Bringing the metaverse to life is not easy because as you mentioned just now, there's already decentralized land, blah, blah, blah. There's so many things up there in the cloud, right? And if you think about it, yeah. Sims, games, or like World of Warcraft is some sort of metaverse also, right? Because it's a life Absolutely. outside of the physical world. Like games like World of mm. Warcraft or whatever, it's like a metaverse already. So 
I think where Meta wants to come in, and I hope they'll be successful because I invested in Meta, is that uh, yeah. how do you want to bring the Metaverse to life? And for that to happen, they have to be a strong player. If they can be as strong as Apple in terms of selling hardware, then that's where they will be very successful. That means that they have to create devices that is clearly ahead of the market at a price that is attractive and they're able to produce and distribute it in the scale of hopefully like Apple. And that's how they can bring the metaverse to life. Because I myself is a user of Oculus Quest 2, which is a company under Meta, right? So it's the VR arm. Mm -hmm. It's their reality labs division, basically. And if you guys uh, just do a Google search on Oculus Quest review, the reviews are really good. And it's mm. a very good virtual reality headset. But uh, building the metaverse is not just virtual reality. It's also augmented reality. It's also smart glasses. So that means that Meta, if right. you look at their website, they're focusing on virtual reality, augmented reality, and smart glasses. So for virtual reality, they have the Oculus Quest. In terms of smart glasses, they have the Ray-Ban Stories, which is your Ray-Ban glass, but it's a smart glass where you have speakers, where you can charge it, you can take photo, take video, right? That's a smart glass and also augmented reality. We haven't seen much from Facebook with regards to augmented reality, right? Basically, augmented reality is uh, something that I feel can be even more interesting in bringing the metaverse to life. So, yeah, so let's see what happens. Got it. Cool, interesting. So they're not actually not necessarily developing their own metaverse, but actually supplementing it with these sort of uh, hardware, right? As you mentioned, the ribbon glasses. I did read about it. Of course, I haven't yep. tried one yet. And then, of course, we have the Oculus Quest, which I know from a few friends that bought it, they absolutely love it. So <laughs> it really it really feels uh, real, at least from their review. What, do you, what would you say about that? Yes, I'm one of your friends who will also say, I absolutely love it. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> that's great, right? And I think that's the, the next thing for Facebook, like you mentioned. So we've got, you know, I think just as quickly to sum up as well, we talked about where they were, them starting the, the social media, the, effectively the web too, creating that, that content all the way from the early 2000s. They still make most of their money on Facebook ads, but that Apple privacy issue is taking a bit of a hit with regards to their revenue, which is why we saw some of the decrease in stock price. Of course, that's the, the causation, not really the, the main reason what we're talking about. But at the same time, they're looking to pivot, right? They're looking to go, okay, we've got this social media. We are still focused on social media, but we also want to bring it to life. So as opposed to just reading a text on Facebook, this and that, maybe they could create a story, a 3D story, where if you put on your AR glasses, you'll actually be there with them for that 30 seconds or something like that. So you can actually turn around and then look at it. Um, so that could be the next step forward. However, in 2022, for our investors out there who are looking at whether Meta, and I'll use Meta now. I know that ticker is still FB, but uh, <laughs> I'll, yes. I'll use Meta. Are they changing that ticker soon? soon. Right? Okay. <laughs> and for those investors yeah. who want yeah. to see whether now is a good time to invest in Meta, do look at their growth because they do have an expected still higher than 2021 in the form of ads, right? And hopefully they can try and fix this Google issue and, uh, and Apple iOS issues. So I think that I would say would be a brief summary of our conversation. Did I miss out anything, Chris? 
Mm, yeah, I think uh, I think you've got it. Uh, you summarized well. Awesome, awesome. So then, in that case, right? I'm going to ask you to take a punt. Now, do you think, and and in your opinion, do you think Facebook is of good value now at 205? You mentioned. Yeah, I think the pre-market is around there. In general, of course, this is not a financial advice. Yes, everyone will have their own assumptions and their own convictions with mm-hmm. regards to how Facebook business will be like. So for me. For Facebook, I use my assumptions based on discounted cash flow methodology. So I looked at Facebook 2021 free cash flow and I see that it's around 38 billion, 439 million. And I just do a simple, which in my view is a pretty achievable assumptions of about 10% growth for the next 10 years for their free cash flow. And after 15% of margin of safety, about cost of equity of about 10% and perpetual growth rate of about 5%, we are looking at around $363 after 15% margin of safety. So that means that Facebook seems to be cheap based on this assumption. So if you take, and and correct me if I'm wrong, because you use a lot of terminologies there, all right? (laughs) So basically you took that Facebook is going to grow at a a 5 to 10% rate every year in terms of of revenue. Yeah, free cash flow. In terms of free cash flow. In terms of free cash flow, I assume they are going to grow at about 10% a year for the next 10 years. Okay. And because of that, and then you discount it all back to today, they should be at around 360 after yep. sort of an error margin that you give yourself at, at 15%. So that will put you very much in the in the range of buy, 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 right? Because <laughs> it's what, 205 now. <laughs> so, so based on these assumptions, <laughs> if I'm proven to be correct, right, then it's a buy. Yes. Uh, uh, okay. uh, again, um, my assumption is not, based on a this few... This is just your opinion, it, yes. Yeah, and my assumption is based on a few criteria, right? That means that I think the management will innovate enough and have the ability to get out of this crisis and emerge stronger. Mm. That is my biggest assumption about the management. Got it. No, I think that's fair. And and maybe if I can, you know, you've take you've done ten years. What happens for our you know listeners out there that are not looking at ten years? Maybe two years. And and obviously maybe you don't have an answer. But um, if it's shorter time frame. For Facebook, right? Because we've not sort of realized the metaverse, that whole aspect that they're trying to, to pivot towards. Would you still feel that we, we should hold, let's see how the first quarter is going along based on their projections for 2022? Or would you still say, you know what, because I believe in my management, I believe in, in Mark Zuckerberg, that he knows how to innovate, he knows how to make it work, and he will make it work. Therefore, I believe. Well, I think we can analyze on a three-month basis in their quarterly earnings call, how the business has progressed, right? But I think in general, we have to invest in any stock with a long-term time horizon and a long-term mindset. And we have to be patient because oftentimes, company takes time to innovate and grow, including Facebook Mm. and Meta, right? So it's very hard to say what will happen in two years and what will happen in 10 years. For me, my principle is, let's look at the business right? Is this a great business? Is this business you understand and willing to buy? And then you look at the price. The question is simple. Does the Mm. price offers you margin of safety? Does the price offers you a good opportunity, a good chance for you to make money, right? Investing is ultimately a probability game. Everyone is guessing, but the one who is more experienced and the one who has a better system will likely be better in terms of the earnings and the returns over time. So including Facebook, 
But I would say that in about two years, we'll likely be able to already see how's the innovation and how's the execution of the management. Are they able to withstand all the headwinds from the Apple and the Android privacy changes? Are they able to withstand TikTok competition? Are they able to innovate and have something in terms of their free cash flow generation, in terms of their user retention, and also in terms of their progress with regards to the metaverse? It'll take some time, but on a three-month basis, we'll be able to see where they're at. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks so much for that ending, Chris. I think you summed it up. Well, I don't need to do anything there. <laughs> Clearly, you've had a lot of experience talking <laughs> to a lot of a lot of interviewees and having done many interviews. So thanks so much for, for taking the time today uh, for coming on. Again, listeners I out there, you. thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to know more about Chris, please go to valueinvestingmentorship.com. And you can actually get a 30 minutes call with him, right? So any questions that you have in terms of margin of, of safety, as you mentioned, or DCF, or just about value investing, right? Taking that time, taking that patience, um, and really knowing your stuff before you go in and invest, please go ahead and do that. Awesome, Chris. Thanks again. Uh, and Coconuts, we'll see you soon. Bye. Hey, Coconuts. So I hope you learned something useful today. Definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision. We are not giving you recommendations here, but are always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series definitely has a lot more depth than terms, and we want you to tell us what stock to analyze. So if you have any feedback or ideas, do drop us a line through our socials or email us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. See you in our next episode. Hey, Coconut Sock, I hope you had a great time listening to Chris again. And I wonder in your head, did his thesis play out? You know, <laughs> or did the risk factors that he highlighted um, looks like it is showcasing? The reality is investors, okay? One thing for all of you tuning in, investors, we develop our thesis over time. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. The idea is not to kind of brush off and say, ah, yeah, you see, like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. No, but to take it as a learning lesson over time to kind of recognize that we may be blindsided by certain ideas. Maybe we misunderstand like how crazy this whole like TikTok trend will change the way people consume content, change the way people spend time such that it affects Facebook fundamentally, Instagram fundamentally, right? So there are a lot of these things that will develop over time and for all of you part-time investors or wanting to become a full-time investor, yeah, this is uh, definitely a journey for all of you and yeah, I hope you continue to learn good stuff and for that, I will see you next week.